Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. I'm joined today by X's and O's expert, uh, Ian Boyd. Ian in the offseason of Inside Texas, by the way. Ian in the offseason uh, really tries to dive deep into the other rosters in the Big 12. He's been doing a series of pieces on different teams uh, and what they look like uh, for next year. Uh, so I thought it would be prudent uh, to bring him in here and uh, talk about uh, the Big 12 Conference for next year and really uh, a quick look at uh, the top of the heap, I guess, is the best way to put it and uh, talk to him and see what he thinks that uh, the conference is going to look like. Ian, welcome in, bud. Thanks for having me. This is uh... One of my favorite topics. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a very early conversation, right? I, I think that's important. Uh, you and I were talking just uh, privately before we started. Uh, part of this is we don't know still what some of the teams are going to look like. Uh, the, the portal is still shaping some of this. Um, a lot of it is done, though, for the spring, uh, for spring football and what we'll see uh, by that time. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. Um, by the way, if you – enjoy Texas football, football recruiting, please give us uh, a subscription or please subscribe to InsideTexas.com where Ian and I both work on a daily basis. Uh, It's a special offer right now, a seven day free trial, uh, that sort of thing. Also, if you like these podcasts and video casts that we do, please subscribe to uh, us on the YouTube channel or uh, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you may may get your uh, podcast. Ian, I, I figured we'd go team by team. Uh, does that sound good to you? Yeah, let me just say overview. I know the Big 12, a lot of Texas fans, either they want to be done, they hate the league, they're tired of it. Um, it's just been a constant place of frustration for Texas for a long time. But really, Texas's goal every single year should be to be in the Big 12 championship game. They have enough of an advantage where that is a realistic goal every year. And I think what people will find when talking about the Big 12 for next year is that this, this coming year more than ever, because normally one of those spots is locked in by Oklahoma and Oklahoma is going through the biggest program transition we've seen since they hired Bob Stoops. So the league is open this year in a way that normally you would always say the Big 12 is open Texas should be in there. The Big 12 is really open this season. Yeah. And, and I would challenge that. I think the goal should be to win it every year. Right. I mean, that, that should be the goal. Um, yeah, the goal. I think a realistic expectation, though, is you yeah. should, at the very least, be very close to making it into the title game. Yeah. Let, let, I tell you what. Let, let's go team by team, okay, and, and make it through these 10 teams. I've taken some notes. I know you have some notes as well. Let's start um, with OU because – not because they won the conference this year, uh, but because of the turnover. And their roster is looking extremely different. Uh, it's also Texas's chief rival, and I think people would, would be interested most from there. Then we'll go into Baylor, who's the defending Big 12 champ. Um, the way I see it right now, just some, some uh, top uh, brush strokes. OU loses its quarterback, both of them. 
Uh, Dylan Gabriel uh, ostensibly going to be the starter, the transfer from UCF, unless they get Jackson Dart from uh, uh, Southern Cal. Um, OU losing three of five starting offensive linemen. Jeremiah Hall, I think, is a big loss for them, the H-back. Uh, and then also Kennedy Brooks uh, going pro. Uh, the, the, the receiver, Mario Williams, he's gone. He went to USC. Uh, and then on defense, seven of 11 starters gone. A couple of them going pro early. Uh, Nick Benito, Brian Asamoah, the two linebackers, those are big losses, as well as Perry and Rimpey and, and uh, Isaiah Thomas up front uh, and a couple of defensive backs. You know, you look at this right now, and I know they've done some work in the portal. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on OU, how their offense is going to change, how their defense is going to change? Because they've, they've got new coordinators on both sides too. Yeah, yeah, it's a seismic shift. I think part of the reason that Oklahoma has won the league like almost every year for the last, you know, decade and a half is their continuity. They're always just tweaking. They have something that works and they're always either optimizing it or they're fixing something that is just a little bit wrong, uh, but not anymore. Um, total change on offense. Uh, they're going to more of a Art Bryles type veer and shoot, RPOs, wide splits to the receivers, um, simple up-tempo run pass option almost every play, which Lincoln Riley didn't actually run very much run pass option. Um, and this is why Caleb Williams is bailing and why he's even talking about going to Wisconsin is he didn't want to play in this. Uh, it, it may be, they may be throwing the ball a lot, but it's almost like a triple option offense. Um, the bright side for them is that Dylan Gabriel has been running that offense for years at UCF. So it's a pretty seamless fit to put him in. I think he's a legitimately good player. I think he will keep them relevant. Um, and then defensively, they're moving from, uh, I think the best summary is that uh, Alex Grinch was all about having fast, disruptive players on the defensive line. And he would play small across the defensive line, like I, people like Isaiah Thomas playing defensive tackle, you know, at like 270 pounds. Um, Venables is all about the linebackers. He wants to do everything with the linebackers. And so it's a complete uh, just philosophic shift on both sides of the ball. And the roster, I think, might be decently attuned for it on offense, but on defense, I think it's going to take them some time uh, to get their defensive line and linebackers the way that uh, Brent Venables is going to want it, especially, I mean, they just lost like five guys to the NFL from the defensive line and the linebacker core. So steep, steep hill to climb in Norman. Yeah. You know, and, and they also lose their, their place kicker. Gabe yeah. Burkett had a season left and he decided to go pro. Yeah, he bailed them out of some stuff last year, too. He was He's tremendous. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, Marvin Mims returns. So he decided to, to come back. Traylon West uh, returns as well. I thought he played well at times last year, uh, receiver um, for them. Uh, you know, the question, they're going to have to rely on um, almost an entirely new backfield. Hall's gone. Brooks is gone. Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler are gone. The entire backfield is going to look uh, uh, different. There is a running back uh, I know that Jerry Hamilton absolutely loves out of Las Vegas uh, that committed to them. Uh, I expect uh, Jerry said he expects him to play early uh, for them as a true freshman. So keep keep an eye out for him. Then you have Dylan Gabriel. 
I don't know if they're even going to use that HVAC spot uh, necessarily. It's my my remember if I remember this correctly. Um, you know, in that offense, that Art Briles offense, they almost had uh, a hat. He, the guy was more of a blocker, an extra yeah. blocking uh, back and helped in pass protection, right? Exactly right. He was just a, a mobile lineman, basically. Uh, I think they took I think they took a transfer to, to that end. That is more of a uh, yeah. No more no more Grant Calcaterra's. No more Mark Andrews. Um, Austin Stogner left. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't think we'll see many more of those. We'll see the, you know, Jeff Swaim types for Texas fans. Gotcha. Andrew. What do you think would be a good season for OU next year? Man. Not, not, well, I want to say this, Ian, a good season in your opinion, not a good, I know you fans going to yeah. say 12 and 0 and big 12 championship, right? I know. What, I know. In your opinion, given what you know of their roster today, what do you see for next year for OU? They still have talent. I, I think if they win, I probably the same as we would have said for Sark last year. If, if you're winning eight, nine games and you're in contention, you're playing meaningful games in November. Um, I think that's good. Uh, now they probably think that they have a realistic chance still of winning the big 12. They probably do. If you look at the roster and how much talent they have, but it just doesn't happen, right? Like first-year coaches, as we've seen at Texas over and over and over again, first-year coaches never optimize because there's, there's just too much going on. You're learning the culture. You're trying to build a culture. You're trying to learn the lay of the land. You're rebuilding the roster from scratch when you don't have it very well evaluated yet. You play guys out of position. You make concessions to culture that hurt you in the win-loss standings unless you're going for cheap, easy wins. And if you're going for cheap, easy wins, that usually – backfires on you at some point in the year, you know? So just looking at the team, you're like, this team is still, Dylan Gabriel's a good player. He knows the system. They should be in the big 12 championship game. But I just don't, I just don't think it's going to happen. I just think it's too many, too many things that can and will distract them and go wrong. So yeah. if they win eight or nine, I think that's good. I think getting to your point, I think getting Gabriel was key for them uh, because he gives them some, some, a know-how at a, at a key position, not unlike it was for Bob Stoops when he took Josh Heupel as a junior college prospect and came in with somebody that had an idea of what Mike Leach wanted to do in that offense back, back in the day. It gives them a – it may give them, to your point, some continuity that you're not necessarily counting on because when the uh, offensive coordinator and the uh, quarterback are on the same page, uh, some, some nice things can happen. All right, and if, so eight, and if, nine wins is an expectation. Could be higher, could be lower. Uh, they do have more talent than most teams in the Big 12, uh, usually. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the case right now uh, because of the, the portal just absolutely eviscerated them. At the same time, they've been very active in the portal bringing guys in. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, I wanted to go to Baylor next because Baylor won the Big 12. Uh, they and Oklahoma State played for it. Um, and... You know, I look at Baylor, uh, Ian, and they they returned four of their five offensive linemen from last year. They're going to be – think several of them are going to be super seniors. Um, they lose Sneed, Tyquan Thornton, Josh Fleek. All those guys, I think, are gone. Um, Tristan Ebner gone. Abram Smith gone. They've lost a lot of production. The ma vast majority of their production is gone except at quarterback – where it looks like Jerry Bohannon, or Gary, I guess, Bohannon, 
and Blake Chapin are going to fight for it a little bit uh, this spring. Uh, Bohannon, uh, the starter until he got injured, uh, Chapin uh, played really well uh, as a uh, fill-in, in my opinion. Felt very Colt McCoyish to me. Not necessarily that level of passer, but just uh, control of the offense and understanding what he's trying to do. But the real key on this, outside of the, the offensive lineman returning and all the production on offense leaving, so there's that, that juxtaposition, they lose seven starters on defense, right? Including – I think that's too high. They, they lose it's either six or seven. Terrell Bernard gone, Kalen Barnes gone, Jalen Petrie gone. Yeah. Um, they're they're going to have some issues on defense, I think. Um, they're also running through the, the final grouping, really, of Matt Rule's recruits. And so the depth isn't necessarily going to be there right away because Aranda had some problems recruiting early. Now, obviously, with the portal, things can change. Where are you seeing Baylor right now? And how do you handicap that quarterback position? Well, I, I'm with you. I, it's got to be shaping to me. Like that guy, the Colt McCoy analogy is really good. He has a really quick release and uh, is accurate, especially throwing underneath. You can throw on the move. I, Gary was uh, – you just held your breath. He was throwing the ball against good teams. So I, don't, I hear that they like Gary a lot and they want to stay with him, but – I, I don't – that would be surprising to me if they if they made that decision. I, I don't understand why. Um, overall, uh, you nailed it, right? Their lines both, – both their lines look terrific. They return basically everybody from both lines. They have a really good defensive lineman named Jackson Player coming from Tulsa. Um, big loss for TCU that they didn't get him. He's like a big end who can rush the passer and stand his ground. Got to replace all the playmakers. They kind of remind me of Iowa State coming out of 2020 and heading into 2021, where they they were controlled games. They won a lot of close games last year. I mean, they beat Oklahoma State for the title by inches, right? Inches. Um, a lot of times that can really break hard against you the next year. We were like, well, we have everyone back. You know, we look like we're as good or better. Um, but then you're, you, those close games don't break the same way for you. It's just how it goes. If you're not winning big, you can't count on winning. And so I kind of wonder if, uh, and on the one hand, they look like a potential Big 12 favorite because their lines look so good and they might have a really good quarterback. They're, they're, I, they're, they're the incumbent. I mean, they want it. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and the, a lot of their identity pieces are back, except for the, the playmakers, which is not insignificant. But you just look at their games, and I mean, they, they were like eking some games out. So I, I just don't know. I, I feel like they may be on the outside looking in um, unless, you know, if uh, Armani Winfield is as good as a freshman as Xavier Worthy was last year, which probably not, but just if he was, you know, then they're absolutely right back in it. They're probably the favorite. Something like that happens. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Shapin may be the wild card for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he comes out and has a, if he wins it and wins the job, and he comes out, have, has a 
tremendous first year as a full-time starter, you're looking at a different offensive animal because they have the power run uh, off the tackle that, that, that is so well. You know, I think they're going to have a hard time replacing uh, Abram Smith, even though other running backs will be good. Tristan Ebner, um, Abram Smith, by the way, reminds me of a guy that, uh, and I want to say this, and, and I mean this in a positive way. He reminds me of a guy that goes undrafted and then Mike Shanahan picks up an undrafted free agent and he ends up rushing for a thousand yards as, as a rookie. That that's the, he, he's just so tough, so physical. Uh, he will get drafted. I think though, after the year he had last year, you but, know, it's literally the same system. It's the yeah. same. It's the same. <laughs> so, I mean, we might be look stupid for, for not thinking that they won't just plug and play like Shanahan did, but, um, but boy, that kid ran hard, you know? Yes. So I, yeah. It's hard to teach it. All right, Oklahoma State. So what, what about Baylor, you think, this year? The overall win, win total. I mean, I'm not necessarily what they're expecting, but what you think are realistic expectations. They may go above it and they may go below it. I want to say eight and four. Um, I've been, I've been uh, underselling Baylor for over a year now, so I might as well. I'll, I'll stay there and say eight, eight and four. You did, everybody undersold them going into this year. They didn't win many games in 2020. Um, I know. I know. The, the team they played in the in the Big 12 championship was Oklahoma State. Um, it, it looks like four or five offensive line starters return. Spencer Sanders returns, um, but they lose. Jeez, uh, uh, they lose uh, Jalen Warren. Uh, he's gone. Uh, they lose three of their front four on defense. Uh, they lose their two linebackers in Malcolm Rodriguez. Um, uh, and the other, they, they lose two guys in the secondary. Their three. offense, oh, excuse me, their, their offense was good last year. It was okay. It wasn't great. It got by. But their defense was their identity as a team. Yeah. And it looks like they also lose their defensive coordinator, goes to Ohio State. Jim Knowles, what are your thoughts on, on OSU this year? Gundy adapts so well. He's just – it's like the same thing I was saying about Oklahoma. They have such continuity in Oklahoma State. They're always adapting. He's terrific at – he might be one of the best hiring head coaches we've ever seen, right? Like one minute he's plucking some guy out of FCS who becomes a great coordinator – then he goes and gets Derek Mason from Auburn to coordinate this defense, probably transitioned them to a front that makes more use of uh, all the really good edge rushers they have. If Texas is wondering where all the edge rushers are, like Oklahoma State's stockpiling them. They have three guys that could get 10 sacks next year off the edge. Um, so I don't know exactly how all the pieces will fit together for Oklahoma State, but he, I kind of want to give Gundy the benefit of the doubt in figuring out how it'll work. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, the it's really interesting. I think that they do it. He did not give Stuart Spencer Sanders the ball this year. Yeah. He 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 reined him in quite a bit. Does he give him the ball more as a senior, or is Spencer Sanders one of those quarterbacks you just you gotta worry about? Against Notre Dame, he gave him the ball. This could be the classic deal where we make too much of the of the bowl game and it went really well. I think he had like 
400, 500 yards of offense or something wild. Um, he can make throws that most quarterbacks can't make. And he can, he's an amazing runner. He's like one of the best physical talents at quarterback I've seen in the Big 12 ever. It's just that he uh, gets excited, gets emotional, and just makes amazingly bad decisions and gives games away. Like you're saying, Gundy got really, really good this year at knowing when Sanders was about to, you know, go full tilt and just reel him back and trust in the defense. Um, I think they have to count on him to do more this year to still be a Big 12 contender. So it just kind of comes down to whether you think Sanders can do that or not, or whether they can adapt the passing game enough with some of the young weapons they have coming up where Sanders can be effective without having to, uh, you know, do too much, if that makes sense. Right. Are they the, are they the early favorite for the big 12 title? Oklahoma state. Yep. No, I, I mean, for, for Vegas or for Ian? <laughs> for what now? For, in Vegas's mind or in Ian's mind? In Ian's mind. I'm only Ian, thinking about Ian here. No, no. I think no. Okay. What do you, how many, what, what kind of win total are you looking at for them? I think nine. They're kind of okay. a typical, t- typical Gundy year, win nine or 10 games, lose a couple big ones that keep you from, you know, true greatness. Gotcha. Let's talk about Texas Tech next. Uh, Red Raiders had a good season this year. Somewhat surprising. Fire the coach mid-year, yet uh, I thought Sonny Cumbie uh, took over and kept the ship going in the right direction. Gets rewarded by getting the head coaching position at Louisiana Tech. Um, But three of the five offensive linemen are gone, including Dawson Deaton, uh, who is, a I think, a four-year starter at center. Eric Azukama, the big big play wide receiver, gone. Lose six on the defense, including all three linebackers. Uh, so Joey McGuire and his first stint is going to have to uh, replace those guys. Uh, who's their quarterback next year? You know, I was trying to figure this out. Uh, what are your thoughts right now as far as Texas Tech and and then Joey McGuire's first year? So not Quinn Ewers. <laughs> no, I, don't, I think he's got a. I think he's in Austin right now, bud. They have a uh, Tyler Shuck is still there, I think. And then uh, uh, Donovan Smith, I believe, was the freshman who played for them. And he was a pretty interesting player. Um, came in and just started, you know, wrecking teams. They, they, uh, they played defense a lot better down the stretch last year after they got rid of Wells. That was kind of the interesting deal. It was just how much better they were playing on defense. They have a couple defensive tackles that started playing better. They have a big defensive end that transferred from Texas A&M. I don't recall his name, but maybe Tyree Wilson. Does that, does that ring a bell? Yep. Big, long guy who can play three down and still rush the passer. Um, all those guys are back. So they have a decent foundation to keep playing good defense. That'll be a priority for McGuire. Um, first year head coach, I don't know. I think if they win six games, that's probably a, a win for Texas Tech. Really? That would be a – even with uh, – that's interesting because I was thinking – had a good year this year. Uh, yeah, they lose some offensive linemen. They lose the linebackers on defense. But, you know, I don't I don't know. Uh, they do lose as a comma, so that's the big play guy. Uh, McLean Mannix is gone as well. Uh, Kuntz is, is gone, uh, the tight end. So uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly what they come up with. I expected you go a little higher on that, though. 
Um, what about Iowa State and the Cyclones? Iowa State, I think everybody is sleeping on them a little bit. Um, they won. They went like eight and five a few years ago with Kyle Kemp at quarterback, uh, coming in for um, Jacob Park, I believe was his name. They are going to play good defense. They got Will McDonald back, who's the best pass rusher in the Big 12. I have no idea why he's not going to the NFL, but he's not. He's staying in Iowa State. They'll plug in more good linebackers. They'll plug in more hard-hitting safeties. Um, and Matt Campbell really knows how to move his offense around to feature the guys he has that are good. Um, so they won't have their all their tight ends anymore, but they'll, they're going to figure something out. Um, I think that they're going to be – I think they're going to stay a seven, eight win team that will play you close is really tough and aims, but just isn't athletic and explosive enough uh, to win a big 12 championship. Well, I tell you what, for most people to hear you say that they'd be really surprised. They think if you think uh, Iowa state's going to win that many, but that, that I think goes to the amount of respect you have for uh, the level of respect you have for Matt Campbell. They lose Brock Purdy, Brees Hall's going to the NFL. Kohler and Allen, the tight ends are gone. Xavier Hutchinson's gone at no, wide receiver. Hutchinson's back. Hutchinson Hutchinson's decided back. to come back? Okay. Yeah. So he would have been a senior. I'm sorry. Um, seven of 11 starters, it looks like, on defense gone, or six of 11. Um, Mike Rose, including him, the, the middle linebacker that I thought was just uh, the glue to that defense. Greg Eisworth uh, connected the defense really well at safety. Um, I, I just see them losing a lot overall, but maybe the way that, that, that Iowa State plays and the level that they execute at uh, takes them think, to, to seven or eight wins. I think they're all, their defense kind of works like the Mike Leach air raid used to, where they just kind of plug guys in and they're going to be good. The defense, you mean, or the offense? Yeah. I the think defense. their defense works that way. Um, I think their offense – Campbell, I think, is an underrated offensive mind too. I mean, you remember when he got there, it was like – Hakeem Butler was dominant, and it was like, well, what are they going to do without Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery? And then, and then, uh, Brees Hall's running for a thousand yards, and Charlie Kolar's unstoppable. Like, oh, what are they going to do without these guys? I think he's going to figure it out. I don't think they're going to be as good or have that. Obviously, they're not going to have the expectations they had with Hall and Purdy back, but, um, I don't, they're not going to, I don't, I really don't think they're going to fall off a cliff. Gotcha. Interesting. All right. How about TCU? TCU loses Tay Barber. Zach Evans goes in the portal to Ole Miss. Uh, but they bring it in. Jared Wiley. Uh, Avila, the center from um, SMU, is coming in to, to fill that role for them. Uh, he's a all-conference level performer. They've got a what looks like a quarterback, uh, I wouldn't say controversy, but a battle uh, between Chandler Morris and uh, Max Duggan. Uh, they lose the offensive tackle, left tackle, but otherwise all four of their guys, uh, all four of their starters back. They lose five on defense, including O'Shawn Mathis uh, and Corey Bethley. Mathis, of course, put himself in the portal. Uh, Bethley, their top interior guy, and the, maybe the guy that really put things together for him in the back end, LeKendrick Van Zant, is gone as well. H- how do you look at Sonny Dykes and what he's going to do on offense and I think what, just as importantly, what his defensive style is going to be, because for so long, TC was known for defense. Gary Patterson, now a special assistant at Texas. You know, what, what are you hearing in, in that regard? 
Well, so they hired a guy from Tulsa named Joseph Gillespie, uh, who is largely responsible for Tulsa being good the last couple of years. Now, you know, Tulsa's head coach was uh, uh, Philip Phil Montgomery. Philip Montgomery was the Art Bryles offensive coordinator. And uh, his system is not translated at Tulsa, actually, since he lost Matt Maddox in Sterling Gilbert. Um, he's not been able to keep it up. And the reason that they were winning nine, 10 games last couple of years is because Gillespie got the defense playing really, really well. And what he did was they just installed the Iowa State defense. They run almost the exact same defense as Iowa State. The three, deep, three down, three linebackers, three deep safeties. Um, they do a lot of different things with it. Some things that Iowa State does and doesn't do, but it's the same philosophy, same design. Um, very good hire for TCU, except that the three, the three safety defense, I call it the flyover defense, um, it's all about taking away passes either by alignment or by your coverage and forcing offenses into a inefficient, you know, slug it out three yards in the trench, three yards of cloud to dust kind of offense. They, they want you to do that. Um, but Gary Patterson would recruit defensive linemen like Bethley, right? Or like a Terrell Cooper who are like 6'2", 290, 6'1", 300, small, fast, disruptive guys. And then their ends like Kari Coleman's like 220 pounds. Um, that's a very bad transition to this three down defense. Like you look at Iowa state's guys and they have thick, long dudes, uh, like uh, Zach Peterson last year, six, four, two eighty, playing defensive end. TCU doesn't have those guys. So if they're encouraging teams to run at them and run at their defensive linemen, teams might be able to do it. And it's not going to be inefficient. It's going to be five, eight, five, eight yards in a cloud of dust, you know, like what happened to Texas last year. Right. Um, so I see that, I foresee that problem for TCU. I think Dykes will figure out offense pretty quickly. They have Quentin Johnston. Uh, I think Chandler Morris is going to be very good, but I, I kind of see something like um, some of those Kingsbury tech teams where even if they're good on offense, they just squander it by being so bad on defense. Until they, until they overturn the roster a little bit on that side of the ball. They're also bringing in Jordan Hudson as a receiver. Uh, I think he's one of the most talented receivers in the country. Uh, Jared probably, Wiley, they're Jared probably Wiley transfers from Texas into to TCU as well, the tight end. I think they're probably only like one year away from being very potent on offense. But give them one year to sort that out, plus all the defensive transition, and they may not be very good next year. Got it. How many, how many wins are you thinking for them? five. Oh, wow. So I would have gone much higher. I think that they've got more talent than, than, uh, they do. They yeah, do. I think they've got more talent in the, in the, in the, in the kitty than others. What about uh, speaking of kitties, <laughs> let's go to Kansas state. Um, they've got, they're, they're basically trading Skylar Thompson for Adrian Martinez at quarterback. Right. Um, they bring back Philip Brook. They bring back most of their offense. Deuce Vaughn, obviously, is a focal point, the running back. Uh, but then you have Phillip Brooks, Malik Knowles, also there. They do lose their tight end. They lose three of their five offensive linemen. So it's a rebuilding uh, uh, offense for Chris Kleinman, except for uh, Deuce Vaughn and the two receivers. Yeah, they do have um, – I think their tackles are back. 
and then they've been uh, slowly trying to beef up these like uh, six, five, 250 pound athletic high schoolers into college tackles like they used to do at North Dakota state. Like they still do that at North Dakota state. Uh, those guys might be ready. Um, there's a chance that one of those guys is able to play tackle. They're able to slide their left tackle Cooper BB inside to guard. He could be all big 12 guard. I think their offense is in pretty good shape, mostly because they got Adrian Martinez. I think he's a pretty close facsimile to what uh, Skylar Thompson was, only he's generally healthier. They're both good runners, very dangerous situational runners, kind of like Sam Ellinger. They can kind of solve problems for you on third and seven with a scramble or on third and two with a quarterback power. Um, very experienced Adrian Martinez, strong arm. I Very good fit. Colin Klein, who everybody remembers, is now their offensive coordinator. So he'll know how to make the most of that. He'll know how to tell Adrian Martinez how to survive the season, all the right training and medications to take, you know. Um, I, I think they'll probably be pretty good on offense. Defensively, uh, Felix, I'm going to butcher his name, Anadike Uzamoa, something like that. Extremely good pass rusher. Had, I think, 11 sacks last year. Um, and then they have another very, very talented pass rusher who was missed most of last year named Khalid Duke. Coming back opposite him, uh, they, have a, they have the new three-down flyover scheme as well. They figured that out last year, got better and better at it as the season went on. Uh, they have a old TCU quarterback, DeSoto champion, Sean Robinson is transferring in to play safety. They have some talent. They really have maybe a lot more talent than people realize. And I think they have a lot of the key pieces figured out. So I think Kansas State is one of the most interesting teams for next year. They lose six starters on defense, though. Are you still thinking that's going to be? I think that's uh, – they lose a couple safeties that were good. They lose um, one of their linebackers that was pretty good, and then their nickel. I don't think it's going to matter. I, I don't. Really? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at they lost both defensive tackles, uh, two linebackers. Did they lose Huggins? Is, two I thought safeties. Huggins. I thought Huggins was back. Uh, Stubblefield, Green, and Stubblefield and Fletcher are gone. Yeah, they were they were senior transfers. Tommy Horn and Eli Huggins. I thought Huggins is uh, it says is a, was a redshirt senior last year. If he's coming back, that would be. Uh, I think he might have had a COVID year. Uh, okay, gotcha. I'm have to double check it, but okay. At any rate, five or six either way. That's pretty pretty heavy um, there. But to your point, uh, the the pass rush is a is a p possibility. How many wins do you think for K State next year? Nine or ten. Oh wow! So that's your that's your preseason favorite maybe for the Big Twelve. That's the highest you've said, other than maybe Oklahoma State. You said eight, nine, or ten. I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep going. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm gonna keep going here. We got uh, West Virginia, Kansas, and Texas. Where, where are you at with uh, West Virginia right now? I was almost really high on them when for a moment there, I thought that because uh, Graham Harrell, they announced the hire of Graham Harrell and then Jackson Dart immediately goes into the portal. And so I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute, is Dart going to go to West Virginia? Uh, looks like not. So I, I think they may play a true freshman, uh, Nico. You're the, you're the better recruiting guy. You might remember this guy, Nico uh, Marchiol, Maricol. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, not me. Okay. Not on well, that one. He's a true freshman, early enrollee. I think they may play him immediately uh, with Graham Harrell. They have Dante Stills is back, remarkably. Very good player, defensive lineman. Um, Akeem Mesador is back. Those two guys are uh, – they're like the Alex Grinch Oklahoma defensive tackles. They're fast, athletic, disruptive, move all over the place. Um, they got a sixth year for their middle linebacker, Josh chandler Tomato. They have their corners back. Um, their offensive line, all five guys are back, including their right side, which has a couple former blue chips who were really young last year, Doug Nestor and Wyatt Mellum. Uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, their wide receiver, is back. He's one of the best outside receivers in the league. Um, they did lose their slot, Winston Wright, and their running back, Letty Brown. But I, I think they have a lot of the pieces to be very, very good. If their offensive line takes the kind of leap that they, their talent suggests they could. But quarterback always holds them back. Jared Dagey was uh, just, would just melt down in key moments of games. He was kind of a, the college version of a game manager, except that he would not manage the game. He would lose his mind. He would manage the game up until he made the crucial mistake. And he didn't have overpowering arm or running ability to, to bring value add. Um, if they had a quarterback, if they could figure out quarterback, I think they could contend for the league this year, especially with Oklahoma shaky. But um, I don't know that they're going to get that. Um, I, probably they'll, they'll give Harrell at least two years for that before they give Neil Brown the boot. Um, if they know that, then I think they, they maybe just invest in the freshman, uh, the, the four-star and really early and really freshman, and then hope that he rewards them in 2023. Got it. So what are you thinking for wins for them? Because I think you're, I mean, everything you said there sound five returning offensive linemen, two really good interior guys on defense, a 60 year linebacker, both corners, a big time outside receiver. That's other than quarterback. That's a good lineup. What, yeah. what, is, what are you thinking for them next year? I'll say seven wins. Um, if that's like the, if their quarterback is really good next year, then they'll be a big 12 contender. They'll be the story of the season. Interesting. And if not, if not, then they'll be like they have been where they can, they can give anybody a game, but they'll win some and lose some. Gotcha. What about KU? Uh, a lot better this year. Not still not good, but a lot better. Uh, they figured out some things at Texas's expense. Naturally. Uh, they, they, uh, they were running like a, almost a triple option offense with that Jason Bean kid from North Texas. Um, and then they had to play Jalen Daniels at the end of the year. And with Jalen Daniels, they actually started running something much more like the offense that they ran at Buffalo that was good, which was uh, a little more pro style, actually. A lot of runs, outside zone runs, and then quarterback movement, play action off the zone, you know, like, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo or something. Uh, Shanahan type deal and Jalen Daniels is very very good at it he's got a strong arm he's very mobile he can throw on the move apparently that tight end that caught that game-winning touchdown against Texas um, there that two-point conversion he was only playing because uh, they had all these injuries and so they're like well let's, let's throw the walk on out there and then he scored the touchdown and then he had finished the year with a great year he ended up being very good so you're welcome Kansas um, 
they they uh, they took their lumps last year just trying to get their new coaches the new system going and uh, I think they had some returns I think that they will win three or four games <laughs> three or four games this year which for them is a big a big leap forward got it um what about uh what about Texas you know I I, I think I know I don't I don't want you to necessarily waste your prediction on Texas, but is Texas got it? You started this, this uh, podcast and video cast talking about whether or not you thought Texas or what Texas's goals should be uh, entering a big 12 season. And that's to win the championship or, or play for it, at least in, in the big 12 championship game. What do you think of the moves that Texas made this off season? Uh, what do you think uh, about uh, them next se- heading into next season right now? So if everybody, everybody that reads my stuff knows I'm really big on you need to have veterans. You need to have guys that know what they're doing on the line at quarterback, at linebacker, at safety. But the big impact guys are at cornerback, downfield receivers, pass protecting tackles, and edge rushers. And you look in the portal, Texas adds potentially a big-time edge in Ochon, in Ochon Mathis. They add – potentially a man cornerback in Ryan Watts. They add a vertical threat receiver, Isaiah Nayor, who's going to play opposite with uh, uh, Xavier Worthy. The only thing they didn't add was a big time left tackle. And they added some of those in the recruiting class. I don't know if they'll, they'll play or not. I have been very hesitant in with my early predictions on Texas, but the things that I generally look at tell me that Texas is probably the favorite in the league next year. <laughs> I, know, after I know. After five and seven? I Yeah. Well, how hey, much Baylor, faith do you have in this? I mean, so I'm not trying Baylor, to... Baylor was like two and seven, you know? Uh, that's true. What on defense, other than the addition of Ocean, Ocean Mathis and perhaps... Uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Watts tells you that they're going to be that much better because they have, I mean, there's hills and valleys and peaks and valleys in a team. They've got to cross the Grand Canyon on defense. Yes. So to, to be, to compete for a championship, what, what even makes you think that they're, other than Mathis and Watts, what, what makes you think you're, they're even near that? Well, I think they had two big things to fix. One is that they had, no impact players for third down. They didn't have any corners that were locking people up in tight coverage. They did not have anyone that was rushing off the edge, right? So every given big situational play for this bend don't break defense, they were they had all the losing cards. The other team always had the trump card, right? Um, that was one problem, which Watts and Mathis potentially solve. Watts, Mathis, and then, you know, growth from returning guys. They have so many edge, young edge players that were like freshmen last year or high school seniors, you know. Um, they just have a lot of, they have a lot of bullets to fire at that problem. Um, and then their other problem was just, there were times last year where they were just, their linebackers were not quick to recognize and diagnose plays. Their safeties didn't know where to be. Uh, just a lot of things that it's not necessarily even about talent. It's just, continuity, teamwork, knowing your scheme, culture, you know, your senior safeties need to be filling and chasing guys down and not 
giving up when four nine quarterbacks are breaking away for a touchdown, right? Um, they have so many places where they can make incremental or massive improvements on defense. And uh, ultimately, though, I think if they're playing defense at like a top 40 level by adjusted stats, I think they were 60th last year in defensive FEI by uh, Brian Fromeau. Um, if they could be 40 combined with the firepower that this offense has that I think people are kind of sleeping on right now, that's, a, that's an extremely potent team, especially in the Big 12 where we've seen overpowering offense from Oklahoma paired with middling defense win this league many, many times. I just got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm floored. So I, I did not expect that to come out of Ian Boyd's mouth uh, today at all. So you're as surprised as I am that, that, that he said it. Um, Ian, what do you make of the quarterback battle at Texas right now between Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card? I haven't wanted to say it. I don't want to be made to look ridiculous by this <laughs> team. But I'm, just, I'm just saying when I look at it, when I analyze Texas the way I analyze other teams, um, now, I was overly bullish on them last year, and it turned out that those transfer ends didn't make a lick of difference. Um, but I've seen Mathis. You know, Mathis is not Ogofo. He's not Thornton. He's not Ben Davis. Um, quarterback, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, it's going to depend on – I think Hudson Card has a chance to still be the guy and win if he just – just tries to seize the seize the bull by the horns, so to speak, and have a huge offseason. Um, but it's going to be tough. Quinn Ewer is very talented. He's coming in on a, on a mission. You know, he's already tried to do some workouts with some of the players. Should be a should be an interesting battle. I, I'm not totally sure what to make of it. I kind of want to see the spring game before I really uh, put a flag down one way or the other. Yep, makes sense. All right, um, thank you. Uh, Ian, for your time today. I uh, hope people enjoyed this. Uh, remember, if you did enjoy it, you can read Ian's work on InsideTexas.com. Uh, you can also uh, sign up for these video casts and podcasts by clicking the subscribe button. Please hit the like button as well. That helps us uh, as uh, 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 that also helps us uh, as we uh, uh, produce more and more content here for you on YouTube. Uh, Ian, thank you so much, uh, and I'll see you on. Uh, see you soon. You bet. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.